We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast welcome back packers fans to the pack a day podcast i know i said i wasn't going to be here but damn it i am i'm one of your <laughs> hosts jason perone of the pack a day podcast Game on wisconsin the quick Lines podcast along with mark eckel of packer report and pack a day and paul brettel of Dairyland Express, Cheesehead TV, the Packers Unrestricted Show, and, of course, the Pack-A-Day Podcast. I'm here. Gentlemen, we did it. We stay together as a trio. It's almost the weekend once again. It is the Thursday edition of the Pack-A-Day Podcast. As always, we must start with the weather. And we're staying stateside. Nothing from Europe this, this week, so we're staying stateside, which means, Mark, you're leading us off. As always, the question of the week, how are we looking at the beach? And again, I hate that people are not think I'm making this up, but as Training. people know by now, we, we tape Wednesday evening, right? So when today was beautiful. 70, 71, nice out. Just a, just a nice day at the beach. Third, I, I believe this is the fifth straight. How many, when did we, when did we come back together on, and move to Thursdays? About a month ago? A little, yeah, over, like, a month ago. little over a month ago. I think so. Well, I believe this is the fifth straight week that it's going to rain on Thursday. <laughs> You know what it is? It's rain, and then we don't get the news that we used to get when we did the show together on Saturday. So it's yeah, we're getting rain. It rains every, and it's funny. I wouldn't even know realize it because I don't half the time I don't even know what day it is. But I know we do a show for Thursday, and it rains every Thursday. It's like a ninety-four percent chance tomorrow rain. So, and then Friday will be nice again. Thursdays because they know I'm talking about it. It rains. Yeah. All right. So it's a little. So it's going to be a little soggy. All right. Yes. A little soggy over at the beach. Then we come to the Dairyland State of Wisconsin. Paul Brettel in the Dairyland State of Wisconsin. And you also were pinch hitting for me with one of our other usual weather guests as well, which I thank you for. Yeah. So I'm just waiting for spring here. Let's just say Sunday's supposed to be 44 and cloudy, and I'm looking forward to it. Right. Uh, Wednesday morning, there was ice across the, de- the deck. Um, I think there's snow coming Wednesday night into Thursday morning. So, yeah, 30s lows in the teens it's rough i'm still waiting for spring and it's practically april that's not baseball but, weather what the heck is going yeah, on no, good good thing we got a roof in milwaukee <laughs> right. and then uh harry from uh canada he said that and um, they actually had some thunderstorms and it's sounds pretty nice up there right now thursday high of 54 lower 32 sun's coming out i know i would take it at this point Harry is a good man. Thank you for always being there, even though I wasn't going to be here this week, and he had the wherewithal to reach out to Paul. Didn't reach out to Mark, I guess. I don't know. Maybe Mark's DMs aren't open. I don't know. Probably not. That could be. Yeah, it could be. (laughs) All right. Well, then in the Phoenix area, as I always keep it short and sweet, because I know that we're not quite at spring in a lot of the other parts of the country, and if we have a lot of Wisconsinites listening to the show, Packers fans, then they're not going to want to listen to me gloat too much. 81, partly sunny. And mid-80s and a lot of sunshine in the forecast here in Arizona. Looking forward to taking in a little spring training. Diamondbacks baseball early next week. Haven't been to a game in a long, long time. Haven't been to Chase Field. I didn't go last year because I was kind of protesting how bad they were. So, I don't know. 
I'm excited. I'm excited, but this is not a baseball podcast. This is, in fact, a football podcast. I don't know if you guys knew that. If you, did you get are your notes good? Are you ready? For, 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 I thought it was a weather. I thought it was a weather podcast. weather podcast. Right. Well, we're going to talk some football, and the fun thing is, is that some of the stuff we've already talked about, we're going to we're going to touch on again because as we move closer to the draft and through free agency, things are constantly changing and moving, and the news cycle is is hitting, and all this other kind of stuff is happening, and we hear more and more. The league meetings were happening this year as well. We did learn, unfortunately, that the Packers will not host the, I think it was the 2024 draft, right? Yep. The Detroit, uh, not the Detroit, the Detroit beat out Green Bay, which is one of the few times that'll ever happen, but I'm bum. So I, I have a theory on that, by the way. I would love to hear it. But the Lions are on hard knocks this year. Oh, so they got the reward. I think it was a trade. Oh, yeah, yep. listen, go on. Because no team, nobody likes to go on. I think, I think right. the Cowboys enjoy it, but nobody else does. Nobody ever wants to go on hard knocks. So I think it was kind of, you want to draft? Go on Hard Knocks and we'll think about it. Were the Eagles ever on Hard Knocks? No. That's not when I was around. No, no, okay. Because I was going to say that had to, I'm sure you would have had a story or two to tell about that. Yeah, no, they, they, Eagles were never, not when I was there. Sometimes, no, I don't think they've, even since I've been gone. Well, that's because. Or no, they were. They were, they were, they were, because I watched it. Was it Hard Knocks or was it that other thing that, um, that's on Prime now? Um, no, I think it, they, they might have been on Hard Knocks a couple of years ago. After you left? Yeah, after I left. Okay. Well, that's because, I guess, Jeffrey Lurie and Andy Reid are smart. They don't want that distraction. Well, well, well when you make the playoffs, you don't have to go on. Yeah, it's that's based on right? record somehow, yeah. yeah. You, it, I, think like, you've, I think if you've like missed the playoffs like two or three years in a row, you like that's when you're, are that's a candidate when or something. Right. Exactly. That's wow. What so, yeah. when the, so, so when – Unless you want to be. Like, if you want to be, you they'll be more than happy to put you on. Could you imagine the Packers, because they lost 2017, 2018, they didn't make the playoffs, and then Matt LaFleur <laughs> comes in and in his first offseason as head coach of the Green Bay, the historic Green Bay Packers, he has to deal with hard knocks. Oh, but gosh. they avoided it. But that's what they would like. That's kind of what they want, stuff yeah. like that. Oh, I'm sure they were licking their chops. They're like, ooh, the Packers. Kind of like the whole mm-hmm. London thing. They finally got the Packers in London for a home game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would have thought for sure Green Bay would have negotiated a road game based on the whole – home cycle and eight, you know, green baby in a small market, all that other kind of stuff, whatever. So we're going to talk Packers and Mark, we'll do it a little bit differently this time. We had a whole bunch of topics that we wanted to to talk about. Which one are we going to start with Mark? I'll let you pick and then just go ahead and lead us off with some initial thoughts and then we'll kick it around. All right. Let's start off with what we were talking uh, before we come on the air. We were talking about wide receiver, which Mm -hmm. has been a big topic, obviously to pack, you know, the Packers, both, I think both LaFleur and um, Ryan Gutenkos both said during the owners' meetings, I know LaFleur made it, he not, not only did he say we need a wide receiver, he said we need a speed receiver to take the top off the defense. Yep. I mean, he made it pretty clear mm-hmm. exactly what they're looking for. So, and again, there's, there, I don't think there's any doubt in anyone's mind that when whenever the Packers open the season, September, whatever, and I don't know who knows what, what the schedule says, hasn't, hasn't come out yet, but they won't, they Wide receivers will not just be Alan Lazard, Randall Cobb, Amari uh, Rodgers, and Jawan Winfrey, right? There, there will be another, at least, well, at least two more receivers in that group. Probably a high draft pick, and probably what we were talking about. And, and, and the three of us think a veteran, right? Mm-hmm. We all think they're going to uh-huh. sign a veteran, sign or trade for yeah. a veteran between now and the start of the season. So let, let's delve into that, though. What we all say they're going to get a veteran. So, Jason, you start off. What veteran? Who do you want? And who do you? And, and then tell me who you of the names being bannered about who you don't want. Well, if it's who I want, it's DK Metcalf because of, because of his age and his skill set. He's got speed. He's got what Green Bay needs, and he would immediately he would immediately make the wide receiver position a strength again. It's not going to be anything like it was with Devontae Adams because you can't replace Devontae Adams. But if you ask me, it's DK Metcalf. Now, I already know all of the ins and outs of that. Obviously, the Packers would have to figure out some money things because they, they're they going to probably want to extend him. Because I had That's asked my last, big question with this. Yeah, and I, had, I had asked you. Well, remember, I asked last week if there was and, some. And what it's going to cost. Right. Well, a lot. No, not at all. I mean, you're going to have to give up at least. 22 maybe you have to pack give up multiple uh high pick day day one or first second picks you know next year this year 
I don't know what Seattle would would be asking, especially sending him within to, to to a team in the NFC. And I asked last week if you guys thought there was any sort of like just you know hail mary scenario where the Packers just say screw it and trade for him with the with no intention to re-sign him beyond that, which you guys both shot down. And I would think I would hope the Packers would do the same thing. But my simple way of looking at this is what I said before we started as well. The more that gets said about a player before the a trade actually happens or a deadline comes, the less likely it is he's coming to Green Bay because usually the Packers surprise us. They do something that we weren't expecting. Every once in a while, they'll do something that's okay. We saw that coming, but more often than not, we don't. And that's draft picks, free agent. They like to be very coy and, and keep things under the radar. There's been way too much said about the Packers and DK Metcalf. And when the odds come out and a guy is the favorite to end up in mean, Khalil Mack was the favorite to end up in Green Bay as well. It just doesn't happen. It just doesn't happen. So I think look for names that haven't really been mentioned as much. And maybe the name's been mentioned too much already, but I would think maybe like a Devontae Parker is probably more likely to me. I mean, the names that Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, Brandon Cooks, Will Fuller, those guys have all been either spoken about or connected to Green Bay before this year or definitely a lot this season. So I don't know who it's going to be. I think it's going to be an, end up being somebody a little bit more under the radar. But the other tricky thing about this situation is the when, because right now the Packers have draft capital that teams know what they're getting if they're going to trade a player. If they wait until after the draft, then it becomes a little more of a what-if game. And that's, that's my only take on that. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, for I do think that they add a veteran, um, as I mentioned when, before we started recording. Each of the veteran options that are out there, they come with a butt. Julio could come in. He could be the high-volume target who can win in all three parts of the field, but he's played 19 games last two years. Odell Beckham Jr., he would be the best option if healthy. When's he going to return? Um, Jarvis Landry would be another really good option, but in terms of not that he wouldn't be an upgrade, but in terms of skill set that the Packers have, when you have Amari Rodgers, you have Randall Cobb, you have Jarvis Landry. It's a, uh, in terms of slot guys, it's a little redundant. The Packers need a yak guy. They need a speed deep threat. They need a high volume target. Um, so again, not that you can't shouldn't be looking to try to upgrade positions you maybe already have, but again, that's another but. And so that's why I think if there's going to be a free agent addition by Green Bay at receiver, it's going to be after the draft. I think they're going to see how that plays out. Maybe, maybe they get a combination of like uh, Traylon Burks and George Pickens. George Pickens is your can be your high volume guy. Trey Burke or Traylon Burke is your uh, uh, yak guy. And now you call up Will Fuller, who the Packers have been connected to in the past. He can be your vertical threat. So those those are we know the Packers need to address receiver, but those are kind of the three, you know, specific type of receivers that they need. And so I think if they're going to look to free agency, it's going to be after the draft. They're going to see how the chips fall. That's my guess. And when it comes to trading, 
at this point, I definitely think it's much more an option than what I did like two weeks ago. I just kind of initially would was blowing that off because that just doesn't just didn't seem like something the Packers would do. But you know what? The last two years haven't been stuff that the Packers would normally do. So I think in you know in trying to make our prediction how Green Bay is going to operate, I think a number of us have been wrong because we look back at you know how they've done things for so long, and obviously things the last two years have been much different when it comes to operating. But one thing when it comes to like DK or AJ Brown. And I might have mentioned this last week, but it's that money side of things. You know, they were willing to pay Devontae Adams, make him the highest paid receiver in football. It sounds like once Las Vegas made that offer, but he's Devontae Adams. Are the Packers willing to, because DK is going to ask for a ton of money as he should. I mean, Christian Kirk just got what, 20 million a year Mm -hmm. in Jacksonville. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks a lot, Jags. Yeah. So what's, what's he going to ask for? And we already, already know the Packers have a type cap situation you know, they can make it work this year, sure, but in the coming years, and they have a lot of big contracts on the book already. There's Aaron Rodgers, there's uh, David Bakhtiari, there's Kenny Clark. They still haven't paid Jair, they still haven't paid Rashawn Gary, they still haven't paid Elton Jenkins. So that's the part of this, you know, especially with two first round picks. If Seattle's like, yeah, we'll take one of them, like, yeah, that makes sense. But then there's the cap side of this, and what does DK want to be paid that, you know, leaves me, you know, still kind of scratching my head to see is that, you know, really a realistic path for green bay after they just got out of you know or didn't have to pay Devonte that money are they now gonna you know put 24 million on the books per year instead of 28 so that's kind of where my questions lie so if they do make the trade as you had mentioned jason i see it being for like a Devonte parker lavisca chenault and <laughs> as you said as well they could come absolutely out of nowhere with someone um you know another name to throw out there and i told you guys before the show no clue if he's even available but like Corey davis with the new york jets spent time with lafleur in tennessee um i mean even with the jets last year mike miller or excuse me mike lafleur is the play caller you know from that shanahan coaching tree so there's overlap there's reasons that you know that addition could be relatively seamless for him coming to green bay but is he available who knows but i'll wrap that up by saying once again i think a trade is much more in play than what i would have thought two weeks ago burks and pickens as a draft hall like you just you just got people salivating, I guarantee you. Yeah. And I don't even know much about the receiver position, but that if they if they can pull that off, and that means they keep both of their first rounders, and we don't know what's what's going to happen. Mark Murphy told us the draft was going to be in very interesting at the NFL meetings this past week, so he has to come through on that at some point, I guess. So, yeah, I mean, Mark, any final thoughts on the on the receiver? Yeah, well, position? Let, me, let me just come. Yeah, I didn't. I don't. DK Metcalf has had a very good. What, three years in the league now? Mm-hmm. Two. Three. Two or three. Three years? Yeah, I think it was 2019 draft class. Okay. Right, yeah, so three three years in the league. You sure? Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm thinking I'm getting him mixed up with, with somebody else. Yeah, three years. He's had a very good career. But he, you know, he fell to the near the bottom of the second round, middle to bottom of the second round, because of injury history, right? Isn't that why a lot of teams a lot of teams took him off their board? And if I remember correctly, the reason was for some teams, they didn't see him playing that they, they weren't concerned about him in as a rookie coming in and being able to play like like you know, a guy that says like like some of these guys that are coming off injuries like their senior year, like um James Williams from Alabama this year, who is absolutely a great wide receiver, would be a great packer. And still maybe that might be a but I don't you know, he may not be ready. He's not going to be ready to start the season. So when is he ready? Metcalf wasn't that kind of worry. Metcalf was more of a long-term worry. And that's why I think I'm a little hesitant to trade for a guy and give him a big-time contract, which is going to, as Jason pointed out, it's going to take both of that. You're going to have to give up something a lot to get him. And then you're going to have to give him a lot of money. And what if the doctors were right that you know, in year five, he all, he all of a sudden becomes a liability. You know, he breaks down because of the injuries. Um, so that, that worries me. That worries me a lot about DK Mecca. And I think that's in the back of Seattle's mind is let's get rid of him before he breaks down, right? Let's get something Let's you know, let's let somebody else worry about him in year five and year six uh, when he when he may or may not. And again, I'm not saying that's going to happen, but I think it's in the back of some people's minds. It was, that's why he just, the only reason he didn't go first round and went, as late as he did was was because of that injury um, history or um, 
diagnosis that he had from a lot of doctors. Um, I think they're going to trade for a guy. I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I think I don't know who it is. Probably, it's probably no one that we've mentioned. Although right. Canal is the guy that you and I mentioned, Paul. I haven't seen that a lot of places. I liked him in the draft. Um, he's in Jacksonville, where that team just doesn't know what they're doing. Um, yeah, I think a lot of the speculation around him is because they signed like three receivers and yeah, free agency. Yeah, Zay Jones and Christian Kirk. Kirk. And somebody else, I think they they, they had just signed else. Marvin Jones last year. I oh, think. Marvin Jones. That's, so that's their top three. Mm-hmm. So he's a four there. You know, Jacksonville needs a lot of other things. Um, and again, I, again, I don't want to give up a lot for him. If I can get him for three or less, that's all I think I'm going to give up. Um, and from like a cap perspective, he still has two years left on his right, rookie, rookie deal. deal. Like his cap is going to be like very minimal. Right. So that's why that that works as well. I'm wondering, and I know this is football and player-for-player player trades don't happen too often, but, and again, this would probably come after the draft, if the Packers have, is there a position where they have a surplus? Probably not, right? Not right as we speak. Um, mm-hmm. Kickers. But if they, where, <laughs> what do they have? Kickers. Yes, they do. They have three. <laughs> send them, send them Crosby and uh, Molson for first and all. How's that work? Um, yeah, I mean, um, but you know, after the draft, they will because they're going to draft people that will then, for instance, and I, I don't want to give up on this guy, but if I got it, you know, sometimes you have to give up to to get right. Maybe Jacksonville liked Amari Rogers. Mm-hmm. Oh, sure. So uh, an Amari Rogers teammate with Trevor Lawrence. Oh, I didn't think of that. Mm-hmm. Oh, there we go. Let's just make this <laughs> happen right now. <laughs> Amari Rogers for Mr. Chenault. That's pretty fair trade, I think. Well, Chenault's good, and he's he's a name I like him a lot too. I, I think that would be. I like the draft. I want the Packers to draft him. I guess the big thing I, I did I did too. I was a fan. I thought he was in play. I thought he was, and I guess the big thing for me is. You gotta. I just completely trust Brian Gutekunst, and, and from a personnel standpoint, has never really let us down. You know, I mean, Devontae Adams leaving. You know, that was that was a little bit weird. You don't see the Packers that happen to Green Bay very often, but it's rare. And so, but no they matter got a lot for him. well, then, no matter what they do, right? And so he still navigated it pretty well. But no matter what they do, I feel good about whatever. It, I mean, there's there's a plan. I guess that's my biggest thing is that big, that I'm comforted by is I don't even. I'm not even worried about whether they do or don't get the names that we've been then had thrown at us for the past month, month and a half already. I trust that the Packers, there's a reason why they, why they didn't get guys that we thought that we wanted and why they did get guys we've never heard of before. Because well, We're going to hear the guy. Well, yeah. I think they're going to make a trade. It's going to be a guy, and we're going to say, oh, wow, I like him. Yep. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize he could, they could get him. I didn't mm-hmm. know. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. I'm going to throw a crazy name at you. Only because I know this team a little bit and I know what's going on there. And if this guy shouldn't cost you anything, I mean, I mean, you'll have to give up something because of where he would. But the Eagles took Jalen Rieger. That's what I was going to guess in the first round a couple years ago, and he's been he's been nothing. And I don't understand it because I like. I mean, the Eagles take a lot of heat because they took him over Justin Jefferson, which makes it look. Hundred right. times worse than it really. I mean, it was bad anyway because he has he's done nothing for them in two years, whereas Jefferson has been setting rookie records and having a great you know two years in Minnesota. But yep. so it's even worse by their standards. But I mean, he might just be a guy that maybe he just doesn't fit Philadelphia. Maybe he just doesn't fit their their offense, their coach. I don't know. I mean, he was of, he with one of their first one of their three first round picks. Like they're taking a receiver. We can yes. sharpie that in. <laughs> Yeah, just who and which one. So they're going to take another one. They would get rid of Rieger in a heartbeat if they can get anything for him. Mm-hmm. So, again, if I'm Green Bay, and I know, wasn't there, there was some talk that Green Bay did yeah. like him. Yeah, right? yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. we'll, sure. we'll never know because he was gone before they picked, so right. we don't know how much they liked him. Oh, everyone was banging their head against the wall. They were upset. Fans were upset. When Rieger went? When he went early. Yeah, so, I mean, I... And that's that's take, one faction of the social media. I get that's not the you know fans. I would zone, take so. a chance. I would again. I'm, I'm not. What do you What do you think they'd have to give up? Not much, right? Probably not. No. And again, if they do, here's the thing though. 
I'm not a big fan of Rager. I'm not a big fan of Rager because he just hasn't done anything except for return a a punt against the Packers for a touchdown. Which, of course, surprise, surprise. But But, that would also solve your your punt return. (laughs) It would. It would boost special teams. Well, again, it's one of those things. If it's a player that I don't like or haven't heard much about, and Goody wants him, they've done their homework, they've done their due diligence, and they're probably there's probably a good reason for it. Are they in Are they in a position though to take a Jalen Rager? Like, if you have Devontae, you can take that swing, but like. They need guys well, right now. Not to now. be your guy. Not to be well, your guy. right. But I if mean, you're yeah. pairing him still, even if, say, they get Chris Olave, Drake London, pick one of the top receivers, like pairing one of them with Rager and Lazard, like, I mean, that's still some question marks. Oh, sure. Oh, hey, listen, you could get Rager, and, and he might not make the team. That would true. be nuts. That would be crazy. I'm just saying, if he's, you're maybe right. he's just really bad. Uh-huh. I, mean, I don't know. But, I mean, if I can get him for a fifth, I think it's worth – or for a guy, another player. Again, that's where player for player comes in. A guy that they that the pack not. I wouldn't give. A, I would not trade Amari Rogers for Jalen Rager because I'm not ready to give up on Rogers yet. But again, let's see how the draft goes. Mm-hmm. If there's a a player that the Eagles like on the Packers, at the Packers, a guy like you know he's not he's gone now. But like a, a, a like Oren Burks mm-hmm. a year ago, you, you know. He was a third-round pick. Somebody else might have liked him coming out. Obviously, San Fran did. They, they signed him and gave him a little bit of money. But it got it just didn't pan out well in Green Bay. You know, I, who knows? I mean. Kind of like a Josh Jackson for Isaac Yadam. Exactly. Like, they haven't worked exactly. out either place. Let's just see. And it, and it didn't work out the second either place. Right. <laughs> did, wait, somebody just signed Isaac Yadam, didn't they? Houston. Oh, figures. <laughs> so they have him and um, Hol- no, they 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 cut Holman, didn't they? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, even they have to fill out a ninety-man roster. I mean, you got to find somebody. You got to find got to find someone to fill out your <laughs> roster. And if there's one team that's struggling to find players or that find players that want to be there, I would have to imagine Houston is probably one of the least desirable destinations if you're into winning. At well, this point, they just got five draft picks. They'll fill them out a little bit. Yeah, we'll see. Let's see what they end up doing what they end up doing there. And, and speaking of the draft, and I know we're not there yet, but one of the other things that we talked about was, okay, so Mark Murphy says, and this is what kind of jogged it in our pre-recording chat, was Mark Murphy said this draft is going to be interesting. I've mentioned it a couple times already in the show. And so it makes us lead, leads us to believe that there's some things going on behind the scenes and there could be something really big that goes on. Well, Mark, we'll start with you on this one. So we know who the quarterback is going to be. This, this season, it's going to be Aaron Rodgers. He's coming back. He's going to play as long as he's healthy. He is going to be the quarterback. And Jordan Love is still on his rookie deal, and he's backing up Aaron Rodgers for now. You've been very, very much against just trading Jordan Love unless you get an offer that, that's worth it. Obviously, then you're going to take it. You're going to you're going to go for it. But uh, as far as Jordan Love, as we get closer to draft time and we look at the Packers' needs and their willingness to move around and do some different things. Has your tune changed on what you would potentially accept if Jordan Love is out there and available? With spring break approaching, the sun is coming out, everyone is looking for a partner to impress. There are a lot of things your partner could like. Some prefer tall guys, some prefer big butts, but no one prefers their men with smelly, unkempt nuts. That's why our friends at Manscaped developed their improved Lawnmower 4.0 to keep the weeds out of your crotch garden. Before you head out on your spring trip, make sure you're groomed from ball to tip. Join the Manscaped movement by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with the code PACKADAY. The Performance Package 4.0 includes the Lawnmower 4.0. This trimmer, it will change the way you approach your entire grooming routine. The fourth generation trimmer features advanced skin safe technology to reduce grooming accidents. You don't want any ingrown hairs or snags around the boys before beach season. The Lawnmower 4.0 has a 7,000 RPM motor, an on-off travel lock, and gives you the ability to turn the 4,000K LED light on and off. This trimmer is waterproof. You can trim in the shower, not have to worry about any of the embarrassing cleanup afterwards. The Performance Package 4.0 also includes the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and Crop Reviver Ball Toner, the perfect combo to keep the beach balls dry and smelling good for even the most intense spring break dance parties. The Performance Package 4.0 also includes the Weed Whacker. Get rid of those pesky nose and ear hair. Get ready to smell those flowers bloom in the spring. 
The Weed Whacker is also waterproof. It uses a 9,000 RPM motor-powered 360-degree rotary blade dual system. This nose and ear hair trimmer provides proprietary skin-safe technology and helps prevent all of those nicks and tugs around the sensitive nose area. Manscaped even threw in two free gifts to their Performance Package 4.0, the Manscaped Boxers and the Shed Travel Bag. Bring your comfort and boxers to another level. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code Packaday at Manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code Packaday at Manscaped.com. Manscaped for when you want to be caught with your pants around your ankles. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I mean... I was the I was the leader of the no don't trade Jordan Love. I like the pick when you made it. I still like him. I think he's going to be. I still think he's going to be a good quarterback. I, I really do. I think give him. A, I don't even, you know he played a game and a half. He looked better as the games. I'm, I'm, again, I'm, this is not about Jordan Love ability. It's about the fact that he may never unless Aaron Rodgers gets hurt. Which, Listen, let's be honest. It's possible. You know, he plays quarterback in the NFL. It, it could happen. Um, it has happened. But all things being equal, Love's not going to play this year. And it looks like Rodgers, again, we don't know. What, we don't know. <laughs> we can't get into Aaron Rodgers' head. I still think if the Packers win the Super Bowl this year, and let's hope. They do. But if the Packers win a Super Bowl, I think Rodgers says, thank you very much. See you later. I really do. I don't think he comes back after winning a Super Bowl. Yeah, go out, go out as a winner. Please please do right. that because the Super Bowl is in Phoenix this year. That would be very helpful and oh. advantageous for me. <laughs> so, I mean, in that scenario, Love would be the starter in 2020. 22, right? I mean, 2023. 20, 23. 23. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that would, he would still be on his rookie deal. And then you see how he is, and then you decide if you want to extend him or whatever. However, with all that said, and that's why I don't want to trade Jordan Love, but if the, the Packers are going, they, as I said to you guys before we, we started the, the podcast, the Packers have to win another Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers. And to or, in order to, you know, make everything worth validate, worth bringing him back, worth trading Adams, worth doing all that, they have to win another Super Bowl. And if you if using Jordan Love as a trade piece to get a, a player that will help you with like whether it's a receiver, whether it's moving moving up from from twenty two and Jordan Love gets you into the top ten or wherever to get a guy that you think can put you over the top this year and next year, then maybe you do have to do it and then worry about getting another quarterback next year. Um, and then, you know, Paul, is your is your boy ready to be the number two? Absolutely. If anybody listens to this show with any regularity, they don't even need to know who it is that we're talking about. So then I guess the question okay. is, is if, if – if they're so, Paul, if you're Brian Gutekunst, what is? I mean, you know, it doesn't matter whether it's right or wrong. It's just an opinion. What are you? What are you accepting for Jordan Love? And has it changed any since the end of the season? Now, if someone's going to make an offer, and we're talking about draft picks or even throwing a throwing a player, if there's a player for player that that might appeal to you. Yeah. So I mean, right right after Rodgers announced that he was coming back, something I wrote for Dairyland Express was. I think the title some along the lines of don't trade Jordan Love just to trade Jordan Love because there's a lot of chatter of oh time to move on from him and it's, I mean Mark just laid out a few reasons there's value in having a backup who's familiar with the system even if that backup is you know an unknown still in what he can offer and you invested high draft capital in him I don't I don't think Green Bay I don't expect them to get a first rounder in return you know for me if it was a top 100 pick I would I would probably go through with it if I was Brian Gutekunst um, for Jordan Love, but getting into day three, I don't I don't know that I would at this point because there's still the opportunity in the preseason, especially to for him to rebuild some of that value. And I think the what the NFL thinks of Jordan Love is a lot higher than probably what we see scrolling through Twitter each day. I think there's yes. a lot <laughs> a lot higher feelings on him than. Um, you know what goes on around the internet so 
But still, if he can go and have a good preseason, that gives him the opportunity to improve on whatever that trade value may be. And I mentioned in the article, of course there's risk with that. Maybe he comes out and just struggles, struggles, struggles. And then at that point, as, I mean, I don't think there's a heat. We, are, we already tend to, especially like those mid, you know, like day three draft picks, overvalue them. Say his draft, his trade value plummets even more. And instead of getting a fourth, team's like, all right, we're only giving you a six now. Like, that's not going to be some sort of franchise-altering, you know, risk that Brian Gudikins has in his hands right now, mm-hmm. you know. So get something worthwhile, and top 100 picks are worthwhile. Or, as you guys mentioned, if there's a player that can come in and contribute to your team that has Super Bowl aspirations, yes, I think 100% make that trade, but... If there's a question on that or all of a sudden it's, you know, pick 112, pick 125, pick 150, uh, I think there's at that point, there comes a point and Packer's valuation of it may be different than mine, but there comes a point where there's more value in hanging on to him. And in terms of what can be lost, like that's a risk, you know, quote unquote risk that, you know, again, I'm fine making. If teams right now are offering him a fourth, are offering a fourth for him and the risk runs that he could fall to a six, who cares? Like, who cares at that point? I don't give. Yeah, I don't make that trade. I don't trade for a fourth because right. I like I like well, I, my point. I want somebody that can help win a Super Bowl. Now, maybe yes, you can get somebody in the fourth round, but it's rare that a fourth mm-hmm. round pick is going to come in. Eventually, he might be, you know. But you know, every once in a while, you get a, a David Bakhtiari in the fourth round who becomes a starter day one. That's like even what. Even what Royce Newman did last year, starting 16 right. or 17 games, like that's, it's that's pretty rare for. Yes, exactly. Um, so no, I don't want. I'm not sure I want a low third. Like you're saying, top. 100. I was saying the same thing. It's like for me, it would have to be a mid to high third at the least. At the least, and I even then, I'd rather use them to move. I'd rather if someone offered me a third, a middle third, whatever. Like um, somebody who's picking in the middle of the third, seventy-five, whoever. I'm saying like. But give me a team, whoever it is. Um, no, yeah. I don't. No, I say no. I don't. I don't want your third. Instead, I'll give you my. I'll give you twenty-eight and love for your first. And mm-hmm. if they say no, then we then we move on. But I, I would rather. I'd rather use because then I then I'm getting a guy. If I move up to fifteen or fourteen or wherever, I but I, I'm getting a guy there that I think can come in. And help me this year and help me win that Super Bowl, whether it's a wide receiver, a defensive lineman, a safe, whatever it is, you know, that guy can help me right away. And then I can say, you know, yeah, well, we use Jordan Love to move up and get that player. Right. Um, and I still have my other first and I still have two seconds or even I don't know if they would do this because I don't know if they want a third first round pick. But would a second would one of their seconds in love get you back into the first round. Possibly. Predicting predi- predicting like player trades with draft picks is so difficult. Right. You don't know what I think and and going back to Jason what you This is the, but this I'm, I'm sorry Paul. This is it. the draft that you want to trade because again, I can't stress and this is my opinion and it's the opinion I've gotten from talking to the scouts that I talked to for my for my draft stories. These quarterbacks this year aren't any good. <laughs> so if like, like I hear Car- you know Carolina needs they still need a quarterback, right? They like, they're not going to get anybody this year that's re- as ready to that's even close to being as re- ready to play, and they're not better than Jordan Love. Like if you're Carolina, I'd rather have Jordan Love than mm-hmm. Pickett or Willis or Ritter or any of those guys. So now again, Carolina's picking very high, so I don't know if you can get that high. But can you imagine if they if somehow they got to the sixth pick? <laughs> that would be something. And in reference to Jason, what you said, uh, Mark Murphy's quote about what was going to be wild or something like that on draft Interesting. night. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I knew wild was a little too <laughs> a little too rough. Uh, yeah, but uh, the Packers have eleven draft picks, five in the top one hundred, seven in the first four rounds. Like. I, I don't expect them at the end of the draft on Sunday to have 11 selections, especially with Gudikins. You know, he's, he's moved up in the third round or sooner every year he's been in charge. It seemed, you know, and they already went through. We knew 
that they had interest in Justin Jefferson. We know they had interest in Brandon Ayuk, and they couldn't move up to get those guys. You have extra draft capital. I feel like this year, if you know, in the you know, Garrett uh, Garrett Wilson goes, Drake London's off the board. If there starts to be a little run on receivers, and we're sitting at fourteen, fifteen, sixteen. That's kind of where I'm looking for them to, especially with it being such a big need, where they're going to use those draft picks to move on up. Try and move up and get some additional. Yeah, I mean, you need some firepower. And if you're going to get a, a receiver, if you have a specific need, like Matt LaFleur says, we need a receiver that's going to take the top off the defense, you you can't afford to assume that you're going to fix that situation in the draft. You might, but I would just, and I think one of the reasons why my my answer to your question, Mark, about Metcalf was, well, if healthy, I guess that's a good point. But if healthy, he solves the speed issue right there. And if that's one of the biggest needs, because you have no MVS anymore, then then you've got to you got to do something. And you could you could solve it in the draft, and that can still be part of your 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 strategy. But it's just it's too hard to plan around it, not knowing exactly what's going to happen or who's going to do what. We see surprises all the time on draft day. And you want to go into the draft with as much flexibility as possible. You don't want to go in saying, I need to get this position. But looking at the Packers roster, the only position right now, at least for me, where you say that is receiver. By bringing back Campbell, Douglas, Tunyon, um, adding Jerron Reed, not that those aren't positions you still want to add to with premium picks, but if the right guy at one of those positions isn't there, 28, for example, they don't need to feel that oh, shoot, we need to get a cornerback. The only one with that is receiver, so they can go into the draft with that super aggressive mindset if just hyper-focused on that one position early on to address it knowing the rest of their roster, and this is true, I know this time of year we all focus on what are the needs for this team, but this is a really well-put-together Packers roster still where they can focus on receiver and do what they need to do to get their guy. No, I think that's true, and if you if you look back to, because Ted, Ted Thompson, who was phenomenal, I, I love Ted, but he didn't make trades and he, he didn't sign free agents. So in 2012 and 2013, what did the Packers end up doing? To your point, Paul, with, the, with regards to flexibility, you don't have the flexibility if you're not going to sign free agents and you have a need. You have to fill it in the draft. And now you're trying to fit, what do they call it, a, a square peg in a round hole with mm-hmm. Nick Perry in 2012, a defensive end that they tried to stand up. And he was, uh, was okay, couldn't stay healthy. And then Dayton Jones the following year, who is another guy who – you know, trying to, you know, they went Pac-12 happy. And those those two things just didn't really didn't really pan out for them in the way the way that they wanted. So, yeah, you absolutely need that. You need that flexibility. And I know one of the other things we were talking about, and if you guys have any other thoughts on on, any, on the receiver position, too, but to kind of switch gears for a second, because another position we were talking about beforehand, too, was offensive line. Well, look at what the Packers did, and, and it's because they drafted well, but if you want to talk about a, a, an area where the Packers have flexibility, it's an offensive line right now. So I think they will add some bodies because Billy Turner's gone and, and Dennis Kelly's not going to come back. And so you need some more depth. But the Packers fortunately found, you know, hopefully a little diamond in the rough in John Runyon Jr., sixth rounder. You don't count on them to, to do really well, but he's, you know, he's, he's making his bloodline proud and he seems to have entrenched himself as the left guard at least while Elton Jenkins is, isn't playing, but Jenkins is probably going to do something else when he comes back. And then Royce Newman looks good. He improved, like you said, Mark. He improved throughout the season. Yash Nyman looks like a find as an undrafted free agent. You assume David Bakhtiari is going to be back and healthy. He's dancing around at his wedding. So apparently his <laughs> knee is feeling better, and, and you've got Josh Myers, right? So offensive line-wise, this is a perfect example of a position group where I think the Packers are in pretty good shape, but they can add some depth and not have to reach. I, that's my thing. Thank you, Jason. I keep hearing people. And I got. I kind of got into a, a, a debate on 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 Twitter with some um, Packer people. I, I'll just say that uh, on how big a need the offensive line is. And I'm listen. I'm not anti offensive line. No, offensive line is very important, and they will draft an offensive line. I mean, they do every year. They take at least one, and I I wouldn't mind them taking two if they if they want to spend their both of their fourth round picks on offensive linemen have, have at it or fourth and a fifth, whatever. Yes. Cause they do need some depth, but they have six, in my opinion, six pretty good linemen. Mm-hmm. The, the ones we, that you just all mentioned, Newman, um, Runyon and Myers inside, um, Bakhtiari and Neiman and Jenkins and Jenkins. And let's be honest. We've, we've said this over since we've been together. I think the three of us, mm-hmm. Ellen Jenkins is the right tackle going forward. 
Right? We all agree on that now? Yes. Very likely. Yeah. He's their right tackle of the future. And, and, and you know, going forward, the Packers offensive line is going to be back to Ari and Jenkins to tackle and the three guys we mentioned in, inside. But, yes, they do need depth. And well, and I, we think they need depth. A guy that Paul knows better than all of us, Cole Van Lannan, a sixth-round pick last year, and we're not asking him to be John Runyon to be a starter, mm-hmm. as Runyon was as a sixth-round pick, but could he be a serviceable backup? I think he may be. Paul, you, like I said, you know him better than us. Being from Wisconsin, he played at Wisconsin. I don't think that's that's a pick that could feasibly be a another find in a sixth round where he could be a a guy that can fill in here and there and not and not hurt you. Yeah, I I tend to think with Cole, he's going to be better off inside versus sure. at tackle. And when it comes to any early round selection, if the Packers were to make it it would to me it'd be that offensive tackle not along the interior because i do agree that they're set up there and it just like if elton jenkins was healthy entering this season the dynamic i think would change you know at least for me you know if you if want the packers, to early? if the packers go to day three without a tackle i'm not going to be surprised um but i'm also not going to this um, sounds like a cop out but i'm also not going to be surprised either if they spend one of their second round picks on one maybe, because maybe Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't think it's going to be a first because there's um, – I know, Mark, you wrote about that class. There's a lot of good tackles yeah. at the top, but they're going to be gone before the Packers get there. And so I don't think there's a first-round pick in their range unless – I know you know some mocks have had like Trevor Penning from you and I falling. Yeah. But <laughs> exactly. I don't think so either. But So I don't think at the end of the first round there's going to be someone, another – uh, Bernard Ryman from Central Michigan, but I think he's like 25 years old, which you know that goes against what the Packers tend to do. Right. So I think if it were to happen, it'd be in round two, maybe round three. Like I like Abraham Lucas from Washington State, but I can understand why there's that concern because Elton is out, um, and compared to past years, there's not that tackle depth. It's Bakhtiari and then Yash, who you know, he played right tackle at Virginia Tech his last year, but to our knowledge, maybe he's taking some reps in practice, but nothing in live action. And then after that, there's no one. Now, I think after the draft, depending how it plays out, they'll add another Dennis Kelly, Rick Wagner type player. And you know what? That could solidify. Say you had Dennis Kelly, for example, as your option off the bench till Elton Jenkins returns, then Jenkins comes back. And now you're all of a sudden your tackle room with those four, for example, Yash, Bach, Jenkins, and Kelly are pick a free agent now you're like okay we got a ton of depth there so for me the concern lies and where i could see them addressing it is because of just that uncertainty for the first month two month three months however long he's going to be out because right now you know after yash and bach there isn't that option on the roster so here, here here's my thinking looking and again thinking trying to think the way the packers not what i would do but what i think they're going to do and that's why Everything they've done so far in drafting-wise tells me that Jenkins is going to be their right tackle, right? And we agree yep. on that. So here's another thing. One is, they Billy Turner didn't leave as a free agent. Mm-hmm. He was released. Mm-hmm. They must have enough confidence in Yas because, as you said, you don't know what's going to happen in the draft. They're not picking first or second or third where they know, well, we're going to get some. We can figure out who we're going to get. They're picking twenty. Well, and when they they cut Turner before they made the Adams trade too, right? I don't remember yeah. now. Yeah, I think that thing you're part. You're yes. right. That was the first thing they did with it was they cut Z and, and and Turner. So they cut him when they were just only had the twenty eighth pick. Well, they have, as Paul said, there's probably not going to be one of those premier tackles available at twenty eight, and they know that. So they cut Turner, knowing that they what they had and so they must feel pretty good about a neiman being able to handle right tackle for at least until jenkins comes back and then jenkins being their right tackle so yeah i don't i, I don't I, I think they they know more than we do about their their team and what guys can and can't do secondly like i said earlier about when we talk about trading jordan love they need guys their first pick and for both of their first picks have to be guys who come in now and make and help them to that Super Bowl win that that they badly need. And taking it if if they were to take a tackle, at say a, a good tackle did fall to twenty eight, and they took him, 
that's not really helping you this year because the rookies not. I mean, unless you know Jenkins is out longer than we all think, that's not going to help them. Whereas as much as a a defensive player who can come in and play right away, or another receiver, or whatever. So I, I just again, I'm not against them taking offensive linemen. I want them to take a couple in the fourth round that can help, that can add to that depth. You know, find somebody better than Cole Van Van Lannen if that's if that's the next guy in line, or or Jake Hansen. But I think they're their top six. I think are fine, and I don't need to mess with that. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Yeah, well, and that's that's what I think as well. I mean, I think it's, it's a position group where finally, and this is not somewhere where you want to kick the can. And the Packers have built it well, and they stock up. And I mean, there's some positions where you have to have a lot of guys. I think about cornerback and offensive line in particular as positions where you've got to have a good number of guys. I mean, your depth charts is bigger because you've got, first of all, you got five starting. You have what? Th- th- at least three corners on the field at once. And you've got five offensive linemen on the field at once. So that's naturally those position groups need to have more players. And the Packers have stocked it up well and they've done well. And fortunately, some of their scouting has paid off with guys like Yash. And you find some diamonds in the rough. Bakhtiari was a fourth rounder. You know, Josh Myers, you know, Josh Myers, second yeah. rounder. You, you knew he's going to be good. But there's no first rounders. Right. Right. They have two twos. Jenkins and Jenkins and Myers were twos. Newman was a four. Newman and Bakhtiari were fours. Runyon was a six, and even one draft. So they've shown they, they can get guys. You don't have to spend a first round pick on offensive linemen because they've through the through and I'll give both credit here through their their scouts finding these guys and then their coaches coaching them up. You know, you know the coaches don't get enough credit sometimes for like getting a guy like John Runyon, a sixth round pick. You know, if he had gone to Houston, who we since we're picking on Houston tonight, maybe he's not any good. Maybe he is a six, just another six round pick that gets cut because he wasn't coached up properly. Now, right. maybe not. Maybe he's just that good and teams messed up and by letting him fall to the sixth round. But I think it was a combination of the Packers scouts looking for his, no, you know, knowing they could get him in this and getting him in the sixth round. And then, you know, Stenovich and, and Buckus, the Packers offensive line coaches, you know, teaching him what he needed to learn from going, making that jump from college to the NFL. Right. Right. Yeah. And I just, I just have so much faith in the, in the, the coaching staff in the front office to just the culture that that team has of, of what they're going to do with the talent incoming. I just, I, I just don't worry. I used to get really worried and stressed out and, Oh, the Packers <laughs> have to have this guy. They have to have that guy. They got to get this guy. They, I just don't, I just don't get stressed out anymore. Uh, you know, about it. I just, I just have a lot of faith in the, in the Packers and in, in terms of what they're going to do to, to try to develop their players. So Paul, kick it to you before we go around the horn and talk about what's everyone's writing about as far as the offensive line and any final thoughts. I mean, you know, we, we talked about not having to reach and having a lot of really quality depth on the offensive line. And Mark made a good point. No first rounders. I mean, you've got the Packers have done really well in keeping the cupboard stocked. And, and, but again, I think part of the reason why is because if you continue to stick tread or keep your head above water. And what I mean by that is you have dependable players that are on the roster and you're not turning it over all the time in a position where, as I mentioned before, like corner or offensive lineman, where you have more guys you keep on a roster. Well, then you're probably going to be in pretty good shape at position groups like that. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think there's comfort that fans should have as well. And the fact that, you know, whatever 
Ted Thompson did to find offense alignment. Brian Gudikins has some of that in him as well. Um, and just the, the guys that they've drafted, even, you know, Billy Turner, Rick Wagner, Dennis Kelly, like this, this front office has shown that they have the ability to find offense alignment, you know, really at, really at any stage free agency or the draft. So, I mean, that's certainly a factor in this as well. And, you know, as we had already mentioned, the, they have one Selton Jenkins is back. If you go into the season with Bakhtiari Jenkins as your starters, Yash as a swing and then a veteran, like that's, that's a really strong group at a very important position. Yeah, for sure. Protecting the quarterback up front. We got, you know, it's a, the trenches, they still talk about the trenches. You got to win up front to win in the NFL. So if Aaron Rodgers is going to get that Super Bowl and ride off into the sunset in Phoenix, let me just say the <laughs> Phoenix, Arizona sunset, and I remind everybody, too, and I've said it on this show before, the Packers, the Arizona has hosted the Super Bowl three times. The Packers have been in the NFC Championship and not won all three times. Oh, so, wow. yeah. <laughs> Mr. Is that right? Mr. Jinx over here. Yeah. Oh, geez. Unreal. <laughs> yeah. At 90. And we'll go through the years. In 96, in actually the 95 season, the Packers lost the NFC Championship game to Dallas. They surprised the Niners in the divisional round, but they couldn't get past Dallas. And Weren't then. Quite ready. Yep, they weren't quite ready. And then in 2007, Brett Favre throws to a double-covered or a very obviously covered Donald Driver in the Ice Bowl 2. And the Giants move on with Tom Coughlin and his uh, frostbitten nose, move on to the Super Bowl, and they they shock and upset the New England Patriots in the 2007, 2008 Super Bowl. It was in Phoenix. It was in Phoenix. And then you had the colossal meltdown in 2014 because that Super Bowl was also here, and that was the Patriots and the Seahawks. In 2015, they have Malcolm Butler Super Bowl, as I'll call it. So I'll just prepare to have my heart broken again. Yeah, that's right. So, <laughs> all right, before we get too heartbroken here, let's go around the horn, what we're working on, what's up now, and what is upcoming. Mark, we'll start with you over at Packer Report. I'm still upset. I'm still going through those three losses you just talked about. <laughs> <laughs> Should we come back to you? Yeah, come on. I, I, I can snap out of that. Um, <laughs> who was the first one? Oh, but way way back in the day when they when, when they lost to the Cowboys, Steelers, yeah, Steelers, ready. Dallas, they weren't ready yet. That was they at that was at Sun Devil Stadium where they where the ASU Sun Devils play. And I'll tell you, if you've yeah. ever been to a game at that I've been stadium, bunch of games there. Yeah, the Eagles played there all the time. And does it not astound you every time you go there that there was a Super Bowl played in that venue? Because there is, it is yeah. to me. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's, it's not, not a Super a good, Bowl ready venue. Let's just put it that way. Neither was Jacksonville when the Eagles played uh, New England there. That wasn't that's not a good Super Bowl stadium setting. Anyway. Um, I'm just, uh, my draft series continues. I hope that people are enjoying it. Um, right up now is the offensive line. Um, the best, you know, according to uh, the three scouts that I lean on heavily, uh, we have the top five tackles and the top uh, interior linemen. Uh, coming later today, depending on what time you're, you're listening to us, maybe it's already up, but on Thursday, the tight ends, which is an interesting position for the Packers. They, they may be looking at a tight end somewhere. I'm excited uh, to see what they say about Isaiah Likely. I'll, tell, I'll, I'll give you a little hint. All right. He's third. Okay. Which isn't bad. Third best of, of, the, of the group. Not at all. The top five t- tight ends are up. The comments about the five of them. So, uh, yeah, that's what, that's what we got going on. Next week, we'll just keep it going. Very good. And, Paul, with the litany of writing that you do throughout the week, Dairyland Express, Cheesehead TV. Yeah, Cheesehead TV earlier this week, uh, you know, sparked by our conversation last week. It's titled "Let's Get Reacquainted with the Trade Value Chart." So there's different variations of it, but as we're doing mock drafts, looking at mock drafts, you know, Gudikins, as we talked about, likes to move up. You know, start putting together some some trade packages for Green Bay because I do think it's going to happen. And then at Dairyland Express, one of the articles I wrote was uh, in regards to the cornerback position. Yes, they have Jair, they have Razul. They have Eric Stokes, but uh, adding to the slot specifically, a slot cornerback should still be on the Packers' radar. Absolutely. Premium position there. And Quick Slants podcast will be out on Monday with anything that happens between now and the end of the weekend. And the weekend is right around the corner. So hope everyone's having a good week. Wrap it up well and stay safe. If it's still chilly where you're at, if you're anywhere near Paul, I guess I still have to say stay warm for a little bit longer. And as always, go Pack Go.
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.